sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to hour number two of a Thursday live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM channel 159. That is the home for SportsGrid radio on Sirius XM. All across the SportsGrid network, I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here in this second hour, bright and early on your Thursday morning. We'll continue to get you set for the second half of this 2023 MLB season today is the final day with no action, no games. It's the final day of the 2023 All-Star break before the slate returns on your Friday into your weekend around the Major League Baseball diamond. We will also continue our discussion on the New York Jets being named the team of HBO's Hard Knocks this summer. And what does it ultimately mean? Will there be that Hard Knocks bump? Or has the bump already taken place with Aaron Rodgers as the starting quarterback for this Jets organization all of that over this next hour until 11 a.m eastern time right here on sports grid we start though with a quadruple header of action actually i think it was a quintuple header five games in the wmba yesterday including some early afternoon action and we start with a late night game out in los angeles the aces and the sparks las vegas and la in the defending wmba champions have continued to look like the WNBA title holders all year long. Las Vegas wins their 19th game of this season, improving to 19-2, and a 19-point victory, 97-78 last night in L.A. The reigning WNBA MVP, Asia Wilson, for the Aces, 25 points, 12 boards. The Aces even covering as a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. So 19-2. and two for the aces they are perfect at home they're only two losses on the road at connecticut early on in june and then rather surprisingly on the road against the wings of dallas last friday but not another road loss yesterday in fact an emphatic 19 point win covering as a nine and a half point favorite that was late night though in LA again we had some games a triple header of matinee action yesterday in the W including in Indianapolis and it was a sensational overtime thriller between the fever and the New York Liberty the Liberty were up big for most of this game but Indiana scored 27 points in the fourth quarter to outpace the Liberty including the rookie sensationally of Boston draining a 27 point three point heave at the buzzer in regulation to send it to overtime but ultimately the Liberty prevail in that extra session 95 87 yesterday in overtime in Indy Aaliyah Boston did have 23 points and nine boards she is a heavy odds on favorite to win the WNBA rookie of the year this year an all-time college career at South Carolina the number one overall pick for the fever this past WNBA draft well on her way to the rookie of the year award Sabrina Ionescu a big day yesterday for New York 34 points for the Liberty now the Liberty are one of a few teams right now in the W that have odds for an updated win total at this point of the season New York is 14 and 4 this year their updated win total is 29 and a half and the over has the juice again it sets the stage it sets the expectation for the WNBA title run this year where it's really all been 
Las Vegas and New York. And that is still the case as we stand here in the WNBA season. Currently, the Aces still an odds-on favorite at greater than $2, minus 234 Las Vegas to defend their NBA championship. The Liberty, the second best price at plus 230. Quickly, we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience here. Hour number two of a Thursday live on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, channel 159. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the mix as well. I am Ben Stevens. So the Liberty and the Aces, both victorious yesterday on the road. New York tested in overtime in Indianapolis against the Fever, but they prevail. The Aces cover as a 12-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in Los Angeles. The Aces still greater than a $2 favorite, minus 230 to win this year's WNBA championship. Looking to go back-to-back. Back. The Liberty, that second-best price at plus 230. Then a substantial drop-off to the Sun. Connecticut, the third-best number at 19 to 1. But Connecticut is 15 and 5. The New York Liberty are 14 and 4. Technically a better win percentage, though, for the Liberty with that second best mark in the W this year. The Sun, though, on the road yesterday as well, early and often in Chicago, an 84-72 victory for Connecticut. Again, now 15 and 5 this season. But Alyssa Thomas has been sensational for Connecticut, filling up the stat sheet on a nightly and game-by-game -game basis. 19 points. 10 boards, 7 dimes yesterday. She already has 2 triple doubles this season. She is averaging 15 points per game, nearly 10 boards per game at 9.8, 8 assists per game, and 2 steals. She has really been leading the way for the Sun this year. The third best price to win a WNBA championship at 19-1. to 1. I mentioned some daytime action yesterday. That included in Minneapolis between the Lynx and the Wings. Dallas, a huge weekend. Again, the upset over Las Vegas and the Aces only their second loss of the year on Friday. They continued the strong play yesterday. A 40-point victory over Minnesota, 107-67. Four starters for the Wings, scoring 18 or more points, led by Natasha Howard, a game-high 28 points, and added a double-double with 14 rebounds. The 107 points Dallas scored yesterday a season high for the Wings. A big victory for Dallas, who now improves to two games above 500 at 11 and 9. Atlanta, by the way, at home yesterday, the Dream beating the Storm by 10 points. All five games in the W yesterday. The Daily Bases around Major League Baseball next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. One final day of the Major League Baseball All-Star break before the second half of this season begins with a full slate on Friday. So one final time to sit back, reset, and paint the picture for the second half of this season. We do that in the daily basis, live right here on this Thursday on the morning after on Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. Craig Mish joins us live right here on this Thursday on TMA, the host of Newswire. It starts at 11 a.m. Eastern time, our Major League Baseball insider as well. Craig, we have made it. It's the final day of the All-Star break. Baseball is back on the diamond tomorrow. Congratulations, really, to us all. Yes, really, really a tough time in sports these these last few days. Scottish Open, though, you know, underway today. I guess we got that. Some maybe some pickleball yep. going on or some cricket. 
somewhere else. But look, I, you know, I, I love baseball. You know, it's obviously my passion and what I do and, and probably known best for that. But uh, the notion that NFL training camps, Ben, open up next weekend and the rookies start reporting and then we have college football coming too. Uh, you know, mm. I, I think that the fall is going to be fantastic. And, and listen, credit to a lot of sports fans, Ben, and sports betters. They sort of get to this point, got to go through like a 72-hour uh, period. I think of just taking a step back on things. And then I'm really starting tomorrow, it's all systems go through the end of the year. It is all systems go. So let's preview the second half of that Major League Baseball campaign. Craig, we start with six of the eight best records in MLB. The only two teams off this list at the moment that have a higher mark, the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Miami Marlins, who have the second best record, in fact, in the National League. But Craig, from the odds perspective, painting it from a rec record perspective for the rest of this year, the Atlanta Braves are baseball's best team. They are 31 games above 500. The Dodgers, they're as well a team that frequently wins 100 games some plus money for LA to pull that off once again here at plus 340 some teams from the American League maybe even including some surprising teams near the top like the Rays the Rangers and the Orioles so Craig when you look at this list of baseball's best who is a team that you think gets hot or stays hot in the second half of this season yeah, I'm going to stick with the team that I thought at the beginning of the season would get in the postseason, and I think they will. I, I just don't know what their positioning is going to be, and that's the uh, Baltimore Orioles. I think it's sort of critical for them, Ben, uh, to do two things. The, the first thing is going to be in uh, you know less than three weeks is for them to acquire a frontline starting pitcher if they really are serious and want to make a deep run at this thing because I could see them going very far in the postseason. Look, obviously pitching is going to win a lot of games in the postseason, but they have one of the more formidable lineups in the American League. They have to have, I think, someone in a wild card series or even a seven game series that's going to be able to throw a couple of different times, you know, like a Scherzer, like a Verlander in their heyday, uh, like a front line mm -hmm. top of the rotation guy. Uh, and, and I think Baltimore has the prospects to, to do that, to get that done. Now, that being said, you know, getting Houston in the first round or getting Tampa Bay, like, I mean, Ben, at that point, it's like, oh, my gosh, like, you got all the way here just to face off with that. I mean, you could look at it one or two ways. You get those odds as you see over on FanDuel of, like, 50 to 1. They knock off that team in the first round. You're feeling so good about that. I like an easier path, though, for them, maybe playing against the American League Central or somewhere along those lines. But I still do like Baltimore. You know, clearly Houston, I think, is, you know, to me, still the team to beat in the American League until someone knocks them off. But what's yeah. the difference between the Rangers and the Orioles? Rangers have a couple of pitchers. You may think the Orioles do not. Maybe that'll change on August 1st. The trade deadline just a few weeks away in MLB. Right now, the O's a minus 340, pretty hefty favorite to make the postseason this year in the American League. Tied for the 10th best price, though, for Baltimore right now at 28 to 1 to win the World Series this year, right alongside the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, Craig, as we look at those 10 best prices to win a World Series the rest of the way here in 2023, give me two teams that you will have your eye on the rest of the second half. Well, as you see, Arizona has fallen back a little bit. I think their price does make sense. Toronto has the capability of getting hot at any time. The Twins have to be listed in there because they're going to probably win the division or come close, so I get that. So if you're asking me outside of uh, Atlanta and L.A. and Houston, the, the two teams I think that are really interesting to me are the Philadelphia Phillies, for one. They have you know the best record in baseball over the last 
32 games or so. They ran into a hiccup right before the All-Star break. Another team that I think is willing to make changes and add players there. And, you know, obviously the other team, as we mentioned, I mean, I would throw the Orioles back in there as a possibility. But, uh, you know, beyond what we're seeing there, the only other team that I think has the talent and they haven't shown it to get it done would be the San Diego Padres. Like, that's the team that mm-hmm. if they were to win, Ben, if, if, if San Diego was to pull a Cincinnati and they were to go like 10-1, and one, I don't see the Mets doing it at this point, but if San Diego was to get hot, why wouldn't they be among the favorites to win the World Series on paper it's as talented a team as any in the National League. They just have not been able to put it together. But with still, you know, 60-some-odd games to go, all it takes is yeah. them to go 20-10 and 10 over a 30-game period, and they're probably going to be in the postseason. So that's the team on the way outside looking in that it just doesn't seem like they're going to be punting at the trade deadline. I think that San Diego is going to put their foot down and go for this thing. A 40 to 1 number right now on the Padres. It was much, much shorter before this year got underway. The Padres did win their final two games against the New York Mets before the All Star break. And Craig, you mentioned the Phils, right? All it takes is a long, sustained run. Philadelphia was seven games below 500, 25 and 32 at the beginning of June on June 2nd. From that point, the Phillies are 23 and 9, now a 27 to 1 rec- uh, number on Philadelphia to win the World Series. Craig, from an individual perspective now, we look at the AL MVP race. The Los Angeles Angels are a game below 500, 45 and 46 at the All Star break. They have lost nine of their last 10. They ride a five game skid into the All Star break as well, but Shohei Otani remains a minus 750 heavy American League MVP favorite so Craig I ask you what could possibly stop Otani from winning the AL MVP award Ben how long have I been coming on your show doing this probably two years three years right something like that this is the shortest answer that I will have given you in three years Shohei Otani is the MVP let's move on to the next topic okay well here's that next Small follow-up then, Craig, to it. What if Shohei Otani is traded to the National League ahead of Major League Baseball's trade deadline? Craig, are you hearing anything? What are you hearing, perhaps, about the chances that Otani is dealt from Los Angeles before the trade deadline hits? Yeah, I don't think so. I I think he's going to play out the season with the Angels. I know there's... Look, what are the odds that he returns to the Angels next year, Ben? Is it 10%? Is it 20 30 40%? If there's anything left for Shohei to come back, I think they got to hang on to him. He's still a ticket seller regardless. And Mm. I I just, I don't know. I can't see a scenario that they end up dealing him. I suppose for the Angels' future, it may be the best thing to do if they feel like they can't get it done. Uh, We've talked about this before. I never thought we would be sitting here a year ago and you'd be asking me, is is Juan Soto going to get traded? I'd say, no way, generational player. They dealt this guy for like five, six players to the San Diego Padres. So I never say never in sports anymore. But from the Angels' perspective, if they deal him, he ain't coming back. And, And I don't know that, honestly, I don't know that they would get enough to make it worth it because everybody would know that he's not going back to them next year too. Very difficult because you would then have to negotiate with Otani and pay him the largest salary in the history of Major League Baseball this offseason to keep him with whatever organization might potentially trade for him. The Angels, Craig, again, have lost 13 of their last 17. They are now seven games back of the Texas Rangers for the top spot in the American League West. 
But the Astros, Craig, has have closed the gap. Now only a two-game difference at the All-Star break. Texas remains a short favorite. 30 seconds left here, Craig Mish. In this segment, who wins the AL West at the end of this year? Yeah, I, I'm going to take the Houston Astros still to win the division in the end. I think they'll add a couple of pieces. Texas, I think, played above who they were. That takes nothing away from them. I think they're going to be in the postseason. But I think Houston ends up winning the division. Also, a reminder, later tonight over on Twitter, uh, I'll be hosting a Twitter Spaces on the second half of the baseball season with Joe Madden. So you can catch us on social media there. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Camp around the National Football League is just one week away. Players for certain NFL organizations are going to show up, report to camp, and get ready for a new 2023 NFL season, including the New York Jets, just six days away. They are now the subject of HBO's Hard Knocks. Joining us here on this Thursday on the morning after to talk about the Jets, some more news and notes around the National Football League, and a team that he covers very well as well. It is Jake Ellenbogen back live right here on this Thursday on TMA. Jake, an immense knowledge all around the National Football League, but with a big focus on the Rams and the Jets. We'll hear from him detail and preview the season for both of those clubs today and some more notes around the National Football League as well. Jake, thank you so much for joining us here on this Thursday on the morning after. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. I'm glad to be back. I love coming on here. Jake, let's start with the official news yesterday. HBO has selected the New York Jets as the subject of Hard Knocks this summer. Of course, it makes sense. All the storylines in the nation's biggest media market and Aaron Rodgers, now the new quarterback for Gang Green. But Jake, I ask you, do you believe the New York Jets are happy about being the focus of HBO's Hard Knocks? No, no, they're definitely not. Um, this is a no-brainer from an NFL perspective. I mean, the other teams with the Bears, who I guess you have, you know, the Justin Fields storyline there, and, you know, just the, the fact they added DJ Moore. You have the Commanders, who, I, I don't know. I mean, Sam Howell's a little interesting, right? We don't really know what Sam Howell is. And then uh, you had the Saints, who really just don't interest me much at all. I mean, they do have Derek Carr. Uh, the Jets were a no-brainer. I mean, them with an average quarterback last year and a healthy Brees Hall, and they're in the playoffs. So you go out and you get Aaron Rodgers, who has all those, you know, the retreat and and just everything he does is a storyline. And then you factor in the fact that they play, uh, you know, in, you know, obviously New Jersey. They're the New York Jets. They have the New York media. It is a no-brainer. Do the Jets like it, though? I can't imagine they do. Some of the criteria, as Jake highlighted right there, to be one of the teams that is forced into hard knocks, because Jake, frankly, I don't think any NFL organization, regardless of how optimistic they are feeling ending, entering a new season, wants to be the subject of hard knocks. Some of the criteria that would make you be a hard knocks candidate is you have not made the playoffs in a few seasons, and you have a returning head coach. The Jets tick both of those boxes. In fact, Jake, the New York Jets have not made the NFL postseason since 2010. But since acquiring Aaron Rodgers, of course, the odds have painted an optimistic picture for the Jets entering 2023. We know what the odds say, Jake. What is your level of expectation for the New York Jets this upcoming NFL season? 
Well, they 100% have to make the playoffs, but where I actually expect them to go is the AFC title game. I have them playing the Cincinnati Bengals, and I think they're a team where you look at their defense last year, and they were one of the best in the league. They go out and they arguably got better this year. They had the unfortunate loss of Chuck Clark, who I think was going to add more to that defense than people realize. Uh, just kind of one of those secret, you know, guys that comes out and jack of all trades. Um, but what they were able to do, you know, adding Will McDonald in the draft. I mean, that guy was playing in the three tech, the four tech. And this is somebody that needs to be used in the wide nine. You look at him and what he can do rushing off the edge. He was one of the most outstanding players that I scouted this past draft. So I'm really excited about him. You have, you know, JJ three as well as Carl Lawson and guys like that. We're not even talking about Quentin Williams at that point, nor the secondary that is boasted, you know, by, you know, one of the best corners, if not already the best in sauce Gardner and DJ Reed, who doesn't get enough credit. So there's a lot of talent all over the defense, but now you had Aaron Rodgers. You have a healthy Brees Hall. There's talk about them potentially getting Dalvin cook, which could keep Brees Hall, you know, in check and you know, keep him healthy. He did have 800 snaps. Uh, while at Iowa State, that was my biggest concern of him coming out of college. He had a lot of wear and tear. Yeah. But when you look at that, you have Michael Carter. You go out and you get Izzy Abanacanda. And with what Bam, uh, you know, uh, Bam Knight did last year in relief. I mean, they have a good running back room. <clears throat> you go out, you get some wide receiver help. I mean, obviously, Garrett Wilson's a stud. So I really yeah. like them all across the board. You know, the Jets on the offensive line getting healthier. This, this should be a fun year, I think, for Jets fans. And if they don't make the playoffs, it's not because they don't have the talent. It's probably because there was an unforeseen injury down the road and forced them to start Zach Wilson. The Jets are minus 134 right now to make the postseason, favored at the moment to be an AFC playoff team. And that 10-1 to 1 price that you saw tied for the fourth best in all of the conference to win the AFC title this season. Now to the other New York team, the Giants, who were a playoff team, Jake, last year, but entered this season with one of their stars not all that pleased with the Giants' front office. Saquon Barkley was placed under the franchise tag throughout this offseason. He wants a new deal. He wants a long-term contract with the Giants moving forward. And, Jake, there is a thought that Saquon might hold out if that is not the case. Jake, how likely do you believe it is that Saquon Barkley could miss substantial time this year in 2023? I think there's a chance, Ben, um, because I think right now running backs are, you know, in the fight of their lives, uh, essentially, yeah. you know, you're playing the most dangerous position where every time you get the ball, you're going to get hit. You know, that's not always the case. You know, sometimes you can dodge, get out of bounds. What? Not the case with Saquon. And he's also not just, you know, a guy that just runs the ball. I mean, he's somebody that can catch out of the backfield. He's somebody that can take on, uh, you know, different, you know, contact and pass pro. So this guy's getting banged up a lot, uh, just, you know, on the field, you know, bumps and bruises. But then you have those injuries. That's also the, the question mark there with the Giants. It's like, you've put yourself in a position where you really don't have a choice, right? I mean, he is, you know, the engine for your offense, very similar to a Todd Gurley 2017 and 18 with the Rams, but there you go. Yeah. It's you know very similar to Todd Gurley. And I think, you know, really the running backs were gaining momentum. You had bell, although he held out and then he didn't really get the money that he thought he was going to get. Todd Gurley did get that money and everyone around the league saw that, you know, look, it's not that Todd wasn't capable of living up to that. It's that Todd's injuries, you know, caught up with him. And that position is really hard to pay no matter how young you are because you're getting, you know, banged up a lot. You're being used in college. One thing I'll say is Saquon wasn't used enough in college. So that's a good thing for him. He doesn't have say the wear and tear, like a Bishop Sankey who was out of the league because he was used so much at Washington 
But when you look at Saquon, though, he is the engine in the offense. They have to figure out some way or another. But I think this is less about just Saquon and more about him trying to make a statement and trying to carry the running back room where he feels like, hey, I'm in a position where, you know, if Dalvin can't do it, if Zeke can't do it, if Leonard Fournette can't do it, then I can do it, right? Uh, so I think that right now it's bigger than just him. And I think that's what's going to lead to, you know, potentially maybe he's out the first four games of the season. And they did go out and draft Eric Gray, uh, not saying that he's going to absolutely take over day one, but he's a capable running back that we saw in the Big 12 that can make things happen. Certainly so. A sensational college career at Oklahoma. But to your point, Jake, it's not just so much about paying the guy for this upcoming season. It's the long-term longevity of a running back for Saquon, maybe not even next year, but the year following in tying your contract and all the revenue that comes with it to a running back. But you have heard from this generation, Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook, even Jonathan Taylor, we deserve to get paid because we do make an impact. It's an interesting catch 22 at all times for the running back position in the future of the National Football League. The New York Giants right now, 22 to 1 to win the NFC Championship this upcoming season, the ninth best price in the conference. Jake, longer than that, in fact, with the third longest number, is the team you cover most closely, the Los Angeles Rams, 35 to 1 for LA. Of course, the Rams were the NFC champions just two years ago en route to hoisting the Lombardi Trophy on their own home turf in Super Bowl. 56 last year was not good the most losses for any team in the year following a super bowl championship in nfl history yes 17 games now but still 12 losses a 5 and 12 record for la so jake will the rams bounce back in 2023 they will, but I don't think they're going to the NFC Championship and winning it. Uh, I have them going in the playoffs. I have them losing before the NFC title game to the uh, Detroit Lions. Uh, that's going to be a painful one. But um, look, all right, <laughs> you know, when you look at the Rams, everyone is so focused on the 5-12 and 12 season last year and not really enough on how that came to be. I mean, you have Stafford, who all throughout camp was, you know, he was hurt. He didn't get to work with Allen Robinson at all. Allen Robinson, therefore, when he was, you know, healthy and he's, you know, he had the most yards of separation of any Rams receiver. He's not getting the ball because Stafford, who has no time to throw because of an injured offensive line that had like 15, 16 different combinations last year. You know, you look at that and you're like, OK, well, I have to get it to Cooper Cup because that's the only guy I know I can trust right now. The Van Jefferson injury hurt them. And so when I look at the Rams this year, it's a little different. You don't have Jalen. You don't have Bobby Wagner. You don't have Leonard Floyd. That was by choice, though. It's almost as if, like, they knew. It's like when you find out information in the stock market and you go and you sell all your stock. It's like they figured out something. They figured it out with FM picks. And what no one's talking about is they might be onto something with the defense. Hey, we don't need to pay $20 million for a corner. We don't need to pay all that money for all these guys. You know what? We'll get, you know, guys on cheap contracts. They had 14 picks this year. If half of those picks hit, that's a, you know, a really good haul, but they have cheap contracts. And then when you look at the offense, it's like, man, we still have Matthew Stafford's 35. Like people are talking like he's 45. He might be banged up, but we've seen this before. It's, you can't bet against a guy like that. Plus you have Cooper cup who everyone's forgetting about 
which I mean, he had like the greatest receiver season ever when you combine postseason. Ever. And Cam Akers last six games of the year when extrapolated those stats are top three among the league in every category at running back. So there's a lot to like here with the Rams and they did have a very interesting draft. Steve Avila is going to have a serious impact on that O-line. And I think this team's going to the playoffs. I really do. I think a lot of people are sleeping on them. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year, but I wouldn't bet against the guy who's been in two Super Bowls and is the youngest coach in the NFL. The first NFL bet I made this year over six and a half wins for the Los Angeles Rams in 2023. You're telling me this team is going to win six or less games again? I don't think Ridiculous. so. Jake Ellenbogen, we appreciate your time as always. More TMA next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The All-Star break in Major League Baseball is about to come to a close in the second half of the season starts with a full slate on a Friday a Sandlot slate if you will as Jim Sonis joins us live right here on this Thursday on the morning after on Sports Grid live from Chicago after making the move to the Windy City Jim Sonis is here from number fire and FanDuel to help us preview and break down what you can expect for the second half maybe even the home stretch of this Major League Baseball season Jim thank you very much for taking the time in your new home to join us here on the morning after yeah, Windy City a bit too literal yesterday, given there were like a bunch of tornado warnings. Like I grew up in Minnesota, like, you know, the Midwestern way is to go out to the end of the driveway with a beer whenever there's a funnel cloud. I didn't do that because I've got a dog and I don't want the dog to freak out. But like uh, I did feel back at home uh, with that being there. So I feel fully welcome back now. Jim, my first week when I lived in Omaha, Nebraska, there was a tornado warning and I was at work inside our TV station and the sirens wailing. I'm freaking out. I jump out of the sport office. I run down into the newsroom. Nobody even batted an eye. Nobody even right. moved. They're like, yeah, we're good. If it even gets close to us, we'll go down to the basement, kid. Stop showing your California colors. I was like, OK, right. sounds good. Good to know that nobody really freaks out. Just me. So Jim Saunas. <laughs> Welcome back to the Midwest. Let's get ready for the second half of this Major League Baseball season. And Jim, let's start with the biggest picture of them all. The World Series odds at this point past the midway point, but the unofficial halfway mark at the All-Star break. The Atlanta Braves are the favorites, plus 360. Atlanta is the best team in all of Major League Baseball. They're 90 cents in front of the Tampa Bay Rays, a plus 450 number on Tampa. The Dodgers have that third best price at plus 480. Jim, that tier of three relatively close just over a buck separates them and then a pretty good drop off from LA to the Rangers and the Astros both of the teams from Texas at a 10 to 1 price Jim it's very interesting when you evaluate numbers right when you evaluate the odds there's the perceived idea of value oh the Orioles at 28 to 1 that's value but only if Baltimore really makes a run toward a World Series. And there's the team, Jims, that really have a legitimate chance of hoisting that World Series championship trophy. So, Jim, value taken into account, an actual chance of winning the whole thing taken into account as well. What is your best bet for a World Series number right now at the All-Star break in this season? 
I think that I would say the top of the board is properly valued. And a lot of times you'll see these teams being overvalued because people like to bet on favorites. They want to cash tickets, stuff like that. So a lot of times they'll be overvalued. I think they're pretty appropriate here, though, given the strength of those three teams specifically. There is a team, though, that like if we're talking just strength, if we're talking their actual ability as a baseball team, I think is undervalued and I get why they're lower in the odds board at FanDuel Sportsbook because their positioning for the playoffs is not ideal. But the Toronto Blue Jays, 70% playoff odds over at uh, Fangrass, that's not bad. I know it's a pretty rough division, but with the Yankees, Aaron Judge being banged up, not trying the timeline on him, stuff like that. I feel like mm. there's a decent shot they do make the postseason. And if they do, I feel like they could be dangerous. This bullpen is very, very good. They've got a lot of offensive guys who've underperformed so far in the first half. So if I'm looking for trying to identify upside, I want to find players who we know can go bananas who have not been bananas thus far. And I think the Jays have a couple of guys who could fit that criteria. They're 24 to 1 right now over at FanDuel Sportsbook. I feel like from an actual like team quality perspective, they're not as good as the Braves, the Rays, the Dodgers, but I think they're very firmly in that second tier, a team that could make a run if they were to make it. Obviously, again, the path for them is not super easy because they got to go through, uh, probably through the wild card to get there, but I do still feel like there is a window for them to do that. This team, I think, is very good. They do things very well that translate to the postseason. So to me, if I'm looking for a team that is undervalued right now, I don't think it's quite at the top of the board, but I think the Jays are a team that qualify as such because if they do make it, I think they've got the, the guns to make a run. The American League wildcard race is going to be a sensational follow in the second half of this year. It is going to be and already has been wildly competitive from the teams from the East and the West. But if the season were to end today, it doesn't work the All-Star break. As we know, play actually resumes tomorrow. The Jays would occupy one of those three wildcard spots in the American League. And for that ticket to present value, you have to be in the dance. Toronto would be at the dance right now. So, Jim, as we look at some of the best records in Major League Baseball, some of the odds associated with posting wins in the second half, nobody is better than the Atlanta Braves. 60 and 29, 31 games above 500 at the All-Star break. They are favored to reach 100 wins the century mark this year. It's a minus 850 number for the Braves to pull that off. Jim, you mentioned some tiers there. There's the tier of three in the World Series odds, but where things stand right now is Atlanta on a tier of its own in MLB I don't think they're on a tier of their own I think that they're the best team I don't think they're quite in a tier of their own though because I still have some questions around the starting pitching here in part because like there are a lot of guys who we haven't seen be themselves be fully healthy for a long stretch of time so I think you could question their rotation now with that said I was talking about oh the Jays have all these guys who haven't shown their full potential yet that could also apply to the Braves rotation so I don't think they're in a tier of their own. I do think they are the best team. I think they've shown that so far. And I've talked about this a couple of times, but I think that Ron Vicuña has actually been a bit unlucky. So once you account for that, I think that they are a bananas team. I think they are going to be very fun to watch in the second half. And, you know, I can't quite get to laying uh, such a rich number for them to get 100 wins, but I understand why the market is there. I'm not taking the no side of that either. So I think that what I have been is respect for the Braves. I think I do put them first, but... It's a long season. 
Got some minor question marks about the rotation. I think that's enough where I can't say they are in a tier of their own, but I do feel pretty good in saying they are the number one team right now, and I don't see a lot of reason to think that that will change across the second half of the season. And their leadoff hitter on pace for a historic season. That would be Ronald Acuna Jr. He's a minus 330 favorite, Jim, to win the National League MVP. Greater than a $3 favorite to win the MVP in the NL. Of course, Shohei Otani is minus 750 to win the American League MVP as well. Jim, as we look from the individual perspective at the award races, where the numbers were in the preseason, where they are right now on the final day of the All-Star break, and forecasting the rest of the year, Jim, in these six categories, which number right now looks the most different at the end of the season? I feel like the one with the most potential to really get shaken up is potentially that uh, American League Rookie of the Year one, because I think there are actually some pretty good contenders in that market. Josh Young, of course, is the favorite right now, but uh, Masataka Yoshida has had a pretty good year. He's experienced, maybe better able to sustain himself across the second half of the year, not going to get tired across a, a full season. And Gunnar Henderson has been fantastic as well. And I expect the, the Orioles to still be a pretty big headline of the second half of the year. Now, of course, Henderson, with the spot in the order being changed, won't be as focal as he has been before but i feel like to me there are still some guys in this market to win the al rookie of the year who could make a push young has been good this year he's obviously in a very good team but there are a lot of other guys who can put up fantastic numbers hunter brown 16 to 1 right now as well i do like the mm. upside there so to me the al rookie of the year one is the one where there are the most unanswered questions right now which means even though young is a decent favorite at plus 135, no one else shorter than plus 290. I feel like there's a lot of room for movement right there. So if you're looking to buy into a market that has a lot of fluidity right now and a lot of room to still change, you don't have an Otani, don't have an Acuna, I feel like it's AL Rookie of the Year, and there are some guys you can talk yourself into outside of Young at plus 135. And narratives are always a part of award races. If the O's continue on the pace they are, and they're maybe even able to catch the Tampa Bay Rays in the American League East, Gunnar Henderson's name is going to become a lot more popular. Josh Young, an all-star this year for the American League, but still some ground to be made up. The National League Rookie of the Year odds also getting just a little bit spicier at this moment. <laughs> it seemed Corbin Carroll had it locked up, Jim, but... Ellie De La Cruz continues to be one of the most exciting players in all of the bigs. Is there a chance, Jim, that you think Carroll can be caught in the National League Rookie of the Year race? Probably not. Um, it's fun. Like, I hope he is caught because I love yeah. this these two guys. And if he is caught, that, that implies hopefully not that Carroll slips, but like that De La Cruz keeps on doing what he's doing because these two guys are like, Two of the most fun players to watch in the entire league, not just rookies. But the reason I have faith in Carroll sustaining what he did in the first half is because he doesn't strike out very much. 19% strike area for him with a high walk rate as well, which means he will be on base a lot. De La Cruz is fantastic. And I don't want to hold his high strikeout rate against him because I don't care. I mean, the trade-off is what he does. What it does do, though, is leaves him more susceptible to streakiness. And he could have these stretches where he's not getting on base, not being able to flash his uh, electric speed. I think that that's why 
we could see potentially a bit of a dip in the second half at some point with what Carroll has put down, the numbers he put down before De La Cruz is up, he built himself a really nice cushion where he can kind of hopefully fend off any more electric runs that De La Cruz has. De La Cruz will have the headlines, which he should because he's yeah. fun. Uh, but I think that Carroll is legitimately very good. I think he will continue to put up absurd numbers in the second half, both in terms of power and speed and his reduced strikeout rate, which is below the league average is going to likely make it where he is less susceptible to having downswings, having cold streaks and stuff like that. So to me, I think that Carroll, his skills prevent this from being a, a race where I'd expect De La Cruz to get in it. I think that uh, De La Cruz, not a bet I want to buy into right now. I don't want to buy Carroll either at his price because there are injuries and stuff like that. Uh, but I think to me, that makes it a stay away versus one where I want to buy into De La Cruz because I have a lot of faith in Carroll keeping up what he's done thus far. And again, we looked at the American League MVP odds. Shohei Otani is a minus 750 favorite. Not a guarantee, perhaps, but a very strong price for Otani to win the second American League MVP award in the last three MLB seasons. There is the caveat, though, perhaps, Jim, that maybe standing in his way is if he doesn't end the year in the American League and is traded away from this Angels organization. The trade deadline, Jim, just about three weeks away. Following the trade deadline, I ask you this. Will Shohei Otani be wearing an Angels uniform? I feel like he has to be, because if you think about the way that this breaks down is you don't want to ride on your hands. <laughs> and like, if I were an Angels fan, I'd quit. Like, I would happily quit my fandom. I'd root for the Dodgers, root for anybody else, pick a team from a hat. We, you know, you can watch MLB TV, so you can kind of root for whatever team you want to these days. <laughs> if you trade away Otani even for a half year where you get a massive return, I would just feel so sad. Like, I get it. From a, a business perspective, it might make sense. But you're not going to sell tickets in the second half, nor should you. You're going to lose a lot of loyalty from fans. Maybe some rational fans will be like, hey, you know, I mean, we got a good return from it. He wasn't going to resign anyway, et cetera, et cetera. But my hope would be that he sticks in the American League. Obviously, selfishly, again, I've talked about this before, too. I want him in the East Coast so I can watch his games and stay awake uh, to watch Shohei Otani more often, very selfishly. But... I feel like he will still be there. And the other thing to consider is if he does get traded, who's to say it wouldn't be to an American League team? I think that's definitely on the table right. as well. So to me, I feel like Otani will still be in an Angels uniform after the trade deadline just because it's a PR disaster if you trade the best player in MLB history, even if it is a situation where he's going to leave anyway across the, across the winter. So to me, I feel like he is still there. Maybe that's just me kind of, you know, using my Otani fandom in my brain to be like, how can you possibly trade this guy no matter the return? But um, I feel like he will still be there when, when the dust settles. The Halos have lost 13 of their last 17, nine of the last 10, five straight entering the All-Star break. They are trying to get back into contention. But Shohei Otani's got to be in LA at least through the end of this year, at least in an Angels uniform. And then who knows what the offseason is going to hold. Jim Saunas, thank you very much for your time. More of the morning after. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Oh, 
closing out our two hours together here live on the morning after on this Thursday on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM all across the sports grid network and that includes the new sports grid app the ultimate sports betting companion app now available for download at the apple app store everything you need all of our information all of our insight five star plays on a daily basis even when there's not all that many live sports happening the new sports grid app has that for you again available for download at the apple app store or you can scan the qr code that is now on your screen it is smarter to be on sports grid on this final day of the major league baseball all-star break i thought i would look at some value the FanDuel Sportsbook is a great sportsbook. They sponsor our show here, of course, on the morning after. They have a couple of specials for the second half of this Major League Baseball season, focusing on some of the biggest stars in the game right now. So that's where we will focus as well before we say farewell. Before we say goodbye, it's time for Bye Bye Bye. Ronald Acuna Jr., is on pace certainly to set history this year in Major League Baseball. He is certainly on pace to win the National League MVP, booked as a minus 330 favorite, and his Atlanta Braves club is the best in all of the bigs. Injuries are always a contingency when you focus on individual awards, but Ronald Acuna Jr. at the All-Star break has 41 stolen bases. There is a prop for Ronald Acuna Jr. to go over 68 and a half stolen bases this year, get close to 70 by the end of this Major League Baseball season at only minus 113. I love that. I love that price. I think it's a home run to use a baseball term, but we're focusing on stolen bags. Over 68 and a half for Ronald Acuna Jr. In terms of stolen bases, he is on pace right now for the first ever 40 home run, 75 stolen base season in the history of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball is back tomorrow on a Friday. So are we. Join us at 9 a.m. Eastern time, live right here on The Grid.